Hey everybody, this is Adam Alexander from NASCAR on Fox. Hey guys, this is Sheldon Creed, driver of the number two wheel in Chevrolet for RCI Racing. This is Sam Mayer. You're listening to the You're listening to the Front Stretch Podcast with Brian Brian Mole. Beautiful people. Yes, this is the magical voice of Mr. Brian Timothy Delano. And the first race of the season has been completed. We still have more questions and answers in this podcast. Begins now. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Front Stretch Podcast with Brian. We've got a great slate of stuff to chat about. We got my man through the gears host, Mr. Mike Bachman, on with me. We're going to be diving into his first race at the Classic event, too. We're going to be talking the racing in itself. Martin Truex Jr., zero wins last year, one race through this year. He's one for one. We'll talk about if he can make it two for two coming up in Daytona. We're going to be talking about the emergence of Ryan Priest and his first time at Stuart Haas. And is there a little bit of a uh, feud potentially happening with Joey Logano and Kyle Busch? And then last but not least, Auto Club Speedway not going to be having a race in 2024. Could this event become an actual race, a points race? We'll talk about that and more in between those two things. Great interview with that guy, Ryan Priest. We talked a bunch of stuff from the Rick Ware Racing all the way to Stuart Haas from the lowest of lows to the highest of highs and so much more. So let's stop with me talking and just get to the green flag to start some fantastic conversation buggity 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 let's go racing boys green flag is out green flag is out got to meet this guy for the first time in the beautiful beautiful city of los angeles it was fantastic it was sunny the sun was shining besides some clouds in the early morning on sunday but hey it was was totally fine beautiful weekend mr mike bachman your first race at the la clash my friend first and foremost great meeting you how what'd you think What's up, buddy? It's good seeing you again. And likewise, great, great seeing you at the track. But yeah, the LA Coliseum uh, was an incredible, incredible experience. My first time at the facility in general. And I got to be honest, it is with its rich history. um, Obviously, the area in the country being Los Angeles really, really was impressed with how the sport was able to, you know, create this. It really does not do justice on on television to see the track in person, to walk the track. And I mean, you would never even know at like a at like a first glance that this is actually, you know, there's a football stadium on on normal day. They did a phenomenal job with developing this facility for this race. The atmosphere was incredible. Uh, you know, you really got a sense that there were a lot of a lot of new fans. I felt like walking the facility um, and just kind of seeing fans congregate and talk with one another, just kind of observing the entire afternoon on Sunday, you really just got that sense. You didn't really see your typical like NASCAR fans, you know, with the headphones, with the gear that you typically see coming to a race. You saw a lot of younger people um, and you saw a lot of new faces. So I think for this event and its purpose, especially as the inaugural, well, the first event of the season, kicking everything off. I mean, we talked, Jack Swansea, I thought, put it perfectly with the analogy of a launch party. I think it's incredible. And I thought that the entire weekend, the access and seeing everything firsthand was extremely eye-opening 
And I was very impressed with how the how it was carried out and what we saw from this weekend. So I absolutely loved it. Uh, really was happy to be out there to be able to cover and, uh, you know, do a lot of stuff. Um, so was super, super impressed and really love what, what the sport has done with this event over the past two years. I totally agree. And he said it perfectly, the launch pad, and it definitely was, I, I've said it first and then I, I, I say it again, this is more like an event rather than an actual race. And it still was a race. But there's more of an event. There's more of a, a atmosphere than just than an actual uh, points paying race. With that being said, when it was when the cars did get onto the track and when the event became a race. With that being said, it was so much different than what we thought it was going to be. Last year, only five cautions. This year, the Bachman sixteen. It was beaten and banging just like the old days where where we went to like uh, Bristol or Martinsville. And sure, there was a lot of cautions, and they had start, stop, start, 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 stop, start, stop. When it was all said and done, though, racing was fantastic. And whether it was because there's four extra cars there, whether it was because that uh, there was no part shortage this year and everybody had to, quote-unquote, behave last year, there was more beating and banging than we ever thought. Yeah, and that's short track racing, and that's the short track racing that we desperately missed last year. And coming into this race, I think there was definitely some some thoughts in the back of a lot of our minds was, was this going to be just another race where it's going to be extremely difficult to pass? You really don't have much action going on, and the field kind of gets a little bit strung out. But that was not the case. These guys were on it. They were very much aggressive as per the cautions, 16 cautions. Now the, now the cautions thing, I think became a little bit more of a headache only because they were not counting the caution laps obviously would have sped things, sped things up a little bit. Um, but nonetheless, getting two, three laps in and having to reset the field, you know, certainly isn't, certainly isn't the most uh, great thing, but you know, despite that, what we saw on track is a, a very promising because you know, the catch 22 with this next gen car was it fixed all the poor racing on intermediates. And then it created this problem on short tracks, which fans want short tracks. We, 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 we crave that. And this race at the Coliseum was super high energy. These guys were beaten and banging across the board. Um, and like you said, whether no part shortage, um, you know, coming in and really having nothing to lose, really. I think guys were a lot more encouraged to, uh, you know, push the issue a little bit. And we had heard that in speaking with some drivers pre-race. So the racing itself, I thought was was great. The first half of the race and the 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 heats and qualifiers were were fantastic. Um, you know, certainly a little bit of a bad taste with all the cautions. But again, I think a lot of that is amplified just with the fact that they weren't counting laps and it just felt ongoing and ongoing, um, you know, so I was very, very impressed. And I hope that it's a precursor to some of the short track racing we will see this year, obviously not at a track this small, um, but it's certainly encouraging and promising for a lot of these races going into this year. So I'm very excited. With that being said, it started out with Eric Amarillo on the pole. He got moved back. Denny Hamlin and Bubba Wallace both were going up there. But Bachman, the guy that I was looking for and a guy that we talked to the day before, Ryan Priest. I mean, this guy grew up on short tracks. He grew up with modifieds. He, he grew up in, in Stafford, Connecticut. And the thing is, 
for a long time, we thought this guy could actually win. I mean, he he was he was battling up there with Truex, with Kyle Busch, with Bowman. Um, he he was getting the job done, and then a fuel pump problem derailed his day. Very, very unfortunate. With that being said, he lost the lead to Martin Truex Jr. And Truex held off everyone, including both strong RCR competitors. For the first time in over a full year, he goes to victory lane. What a statement it says, not from just the Toyota standpoint, but for Martin Truex Jr. and the number 19 team as a whole. Getting the job done. He's one for one in 2023, Bachman. Yeah, Martin Truex Jr. coming with a vengeance this year. And already... Uh, his decision to not retire last year and go another year with, with JGR paying off. And you could really kind of get this sense, I think, from that entire 19 team coming into this season with a chip on their shoulder. We know the point situation last year. We know that a single win last year would have done that team, obviously, wonders. Um, but unfortunately, wasn't able to get the job done. And Martin Trex Jr. coming into this race and putting on the performance uh, that he did all weekend was extremely fast all weekend. You knew that that 19, that 19 team was probably going to be the car to beat come Sunday and battling up there with priest. Well, I'll talk about priest in a second, but uh, really, really fun to watch them go, go head to head and to watch Truex uh, go there and get that win. It's a testament, I think, to what Toyota is bringing this year. Toyota really was not much of a player last year. And we all know, the conversations, what what has happened with Joe Gibbs Racing, um, the fallout with Kyle Busch and, and all of that. And for Martin Truex Jr. to come in and that team to put together the race that they did, come out in victory lane, has got to be such an encouraging, encouraging move for them heading into the rest of the year. A lot of momentum going into Daytona, which we know Martin Truex Jr. is very good at Daytona. And, you know, you got to you got to keep your eye out for for not only him, but some some of these other Toyotas, Denny Hamlin, like you said, was up there. Bubba Wallace, uh, in addition to Priest, had to be the most shocking guy um, and impressed the guy that impressed me the most. I mean, Bubba was up there mm-hmm. virtually all day until you know the 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 deal with Austin Dillon. Um, but Bubba Wallace in a race where last year was just kind of, I mean, so brutal uh, for that twenty three team, and you know, for Bubba awesome and and great to see him running up front so if you're toyota if you're joe gibbs you got to be encouraged with what you with what you saw as for ryan priest it's so funny because you know ryan priest is we know he's a short track legend i mean any time that he would come up to stafford and race uh you kind of had to be there because ryan priest is just an absolute short track ace and it was so funny because as he's driving through the field i felt like I mean, me personally, I was like, oh, my gosh, like Ryan Priest is really making a run for this thing. Why should any of us have been shocked? Ryan Priest is the best short track racer in the NASCAR Cup Series right now. And it's no and it's no question. It it doesn't matter if he hasn't run a full season in, in over in over a year. He is the best short track racer in the Cup Series. And for him to come through the field and control that race for for a Big deal of time, unfortunately, you know, plagued with that fuel pump issue. You got to love with what you saw out of Ryan Priest and him, too. He's coming into this season guns blazing. He expects to win. That 41 car has obviously been mediocre at best over these past couple of years. And in a season where Kevin Harvick is leaving, you know, the changing of the guard is happening at that at that organization. Ryan Priest could potentially become a mainstay there. And you're going to have to watch out at every short track this year. Ryan Priest is going to be up there 
and he's going to be challenging for wins. So was really impressed with him. But again, really should not be shocked that Priest was was going to be running up front. So really would have loved to see him battle it out there with Martin Truex Jr. at the end. But I think that's a story that we are going to see again uh, later on in the regular season. One guy that wasn't surprised to see him run up front, that's our race winner, Martin Truex Jr. Let's hear from MTJ on uh, what he thinks about Ryan Priest and, and the chance he's getting. I'm not shocked at all, really. I mean, he's a he's a great short track driver. Um, you know, won tons of short track races, modifieds, et cetera. He's run a lot of races on tracks like this or similar to this. So I wasn't surprised at all. And I've raced with him before. And, um, you know, he's in, he's in really probably better equipment now than he's ever been. And I'm sure he's got a really good team. So I wasn't surprised. And at that point in the race, I felt like my car was off. And, um, you know, when he got the lead from us there and or let's see, he didn't get the lead from me. I think I was second at the time. He got by me on a restart, then got the lead. So uh, it was just really strong at that point in the race. And I didn't feel like my car was that good. It, for whatever reason, the second half of the race, it really took a long, long time for my car to get going, which it's kind of been that way all weekend, but it's, it felt like the second half of the race was even more so. I think just because it was cooling off outside and you know, the track temp was dropping, it was taking longer to come in. And, um, you know, we were starting to get real equal to him, maybe a little bit faster when he started having his issues. So no telling what would happen, but it was fun to race with him. He's a great kid and uh, he's a great talent. Now, on the flip side of things, uh, there there was a couple drivers that weren't really happy with each other and just they weren't happy about the racing, period. Let's hear from Joy Logano. And, well, he, he was not happy whatsoever. That was a mess. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um... I mean, cars are closer now, everyone's more comfortable behind the wheel, parts are more plentiful, and uh, everyone knows if you can't get them on the restart, you're going to, it's like, besides the 19 and maybe a couple others, there's probably like from fifth to last that run like the same speed, um, so it just becomes a slugfest for that reason. Once again, that was Mr. Joey Logano. Let's also hear about uh, Kyle Busch's night and then a little bit weird because Joe Gibbs never talked to him in his ear during the race. And one race in with RCR, you got the boss man talking with him. Take a listen. Yeah, um, I mean, it's 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 good. It's cool. Um, you know, it's a uh, Rick would get on the radio just a little tiny bit when I was at Hendrick and then Joe, he, he never got on the radio. I think they disconnected his button. Uh, a long time ago they did that but uh, yeah Richard he I know he's prone to key up a little bit here now and again so uh, that was fine you know and he come on the radio and he goes he just flat out drove through I'm like well what do you want me to do about it I mean you should uh, tell us you to go reckless. Well, he tells me that. Trust me, I started behind him a couple times on restarts and I never really got a, a great chance I probably could have but it was more important to uh, go forward than retaliate so i don't think that there's a lot of others that thought that way look at where they finished last but not least for now um this racing it was beaten and banging throughout so what can you do to fix it so we don't get as many wrecks and cautions as we did repercussions that's what denny hamlin's saying right now we're not seeing any from it you know there's just no repercussions to driving in and using the bumper of the car in front of you and then they hit someone in front of them and then the car two cars up spin so you know the only the only way to do it is to officiate and say well that was unnecessary contact until you go to the rear but they would the hat the whole field would get black flag so, if, if, if we race like that so I, I don't i don't really have a good answer 
once again, that was uh, Denny Hamlin speaking with us after the race. Bachman, um, he, he Denny kind of said it just plain and simple. There's no repercussions out there, so you can just run over somebody um, if if you if you truly want to, and you don't get really penalized for it. Now, with that being said, Bubba Wallace did get penalized um, for spinning for uh, hitting Austin Dillon during the caution flag. Um, and he did get sent to the back. With that being said, should NASCAR try and police this? Or is this just like what you said at the very beginning? This is just old school beating and banging racing. Well, I think that it's a little bit of an interesting situation just being at the track here. And being that the track is so small, these guys are, there's not much room to really work with. You got to create your own space, right? Um, we saw guys pass and some guys were able to rip the top a little bit and, and get around. But, you know, that's very seldom. So more times than not, you're going to be creating your own lane. Uh, now I think that the biggest takeaway here, and we heard Bubba Wallace lash out on the radio was the fact that, you know, these bumps and bruises to the bumper, they are still drivers are getting hurt and it doesn't feel good. And this was a massive storyline last year with the next gen car. You, you know, we obviously know a couple guys like Alex Bowman, Tyler Reddick, Kurt Busch, most notably who were out of the car because of, uh, head injuries, those obviously a little bit more severe than the simple bump to the bumper, but if you're getting bumped in the bumper and you're moving around and your head is not stable. That's a serious problem. Um, because if it's happening right now, mm -hmm. what's the deal going to be when we go to a Daytona, when we go to a two miler like Michigan or, 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 uh. or anywhere else, it is a very, very serious situation. And even Denny Hamlin in his uh, debut episode of actions detrimental, hearing yeah. him kind of walk through and just describe how he felt, uh, you know, even sitting there 24 hours after the race has to, I mean, it, it, it's scary is what it is. And so we, the sport really needs to crack down on this. They've had an entire off season to figure it out. Um, we are, we obviously don't make those decisions. We obviously are not there. Um, but you know, case in point is that this is still a problem and drivers are going to get hurt Hearing Bubba on the radio was extremely eye opening. Um, and that is the biggest umbrella hanging over this right now i think in in terms of in terms of the kind of racing because this is the kind of racing we're going to see and this is the kind of racing that fans want so we we need to figure it out we need to figure it out in order to uh, avoid these situations going forward and to keep these guys in the car every week i'm glad you mentioned the denny hamlin part because like you said he did release his new podcast actions detrimental so it, it came out right after i landed on my layover downloaded it and then i i listened to it on the flight home very very eye-opening very quick i think it's what 28 minutes something like that he said that um the rear bumps that he hits because when when you're going into the corner on a short track and you're 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 hitting you're you are hitting the rear bumps he said that it, it just feels like a jar in your head and the the safer the uh um the hans device just like locks in and he said he never felt as bad he said that he thinks he had carbon dioxide exposure uh when he got onto his uh plane he was he was getting help from the pilots getting his mask on because he needed more oxygen Bachman, we were going 80 miles an hour what happens when we're going in a week and a half 195 miles an hour i mean this is i mean did nascar i'm not trying to be like i'm not trying to uh dismay the nascar sanctioning body but did they do anything in the off season because it looks like everything that we had last year it stills here well you know drivers are going to be extremely adamant about about fixing it 
Um, and that's something that we're going to have to monitor as we kick the season off. And as we continue to go to these different tracks, um, you know, it's unacceptable that we are in this position. Um, I know things move fast and I know that it's not always fluid and there's always going to be things to work on, but, you know, the sport preaches driver safety and the sport has, we know how safe that things have gotten, but it's, it takes one situation as we have seen throughout the sports world. Um, it takes one situation. It takes one hit. It takes one wreck to silence everybody um, and to sink to your stomach, to be reminded that these drivers go into these cars every week. And there is a risk, a massive risk of them driving these cars at the speeds that they go. So to hear that, like you said, at 80 miles an hour, um, yeah. feeling as, as awful as they did is it's very concerning. So hopefully we get some answers, get some clarity on this and can put it finally in the back seat. Well, I'm going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be diving into my interview that I conducted with Mr. Ryan Priest. We talked a plethora of information that you do not want to miss. So stay tuned. We'll dive in just a little bit. Right now, folks, at this time, I'm going to bring the program the new driver of the number 41 car for Stuart Haas Racing, Ryan Priest, joins the program. Last year at this time, you're driving the 15. Now, you're driving for one of the biggest teams in NASCAR. Isn't it wild, kind of crazy how in a year you went from the bottom to almost the very top? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it just persistence, right? That That's really what it comes down to. And, and um, you know, at the end of the day, we... we we did a good job with uh, those small opportunities that we had and or those other opportunities that we had and, and, you know, built on partnerships and ultimately it came down to what it is today. And, you know, it just goes to show, just don't quit, keep digging. You missed, you mentioned perseverance and you said last year that you said no to a couple truck teams. Um, why now? Why did you bet on yourself now? As far as different from other years, um, well, I think it's just the right opportunity needed to, to be there. It's not it's not as easy as just knocking on somebody's door and say, "I want to drive your race car," right? So, um, but I think uh, I think you know, 2020 on, it was it was a battle to to figure out a way to to get into an organization that I felt like I could win. And, and this was obviously number one on my list. So it's um, it's an incredible opportunity for sure. And, and one that I feel really comfortable with going forward just because of the people that, that we have. Uh, you know, Chad is somebody that I've already worked with and then being at this organization for a year and, and just kind of being around and seeing the process. So it's, um, it's, it's nice to uh, start at a quarter mile, something that I'm really comfortable with and, and just, uh, you know, keep building. You mentioned comfortable, and I mean, you grew up with the short tracks. Modifieds, obviously, is a little different than, you know, with these stock cars, but what's that like to start the season here at a short track? We got North Wilkesboro coming back as well, your bread and butter. Just what's that like from your point of view? Yeah, I think, um, or what I feel is that this is definitely a type of racing that we've been somewhat missing, and uh, to be able to, last year, it was a it was a successful event and then you know it brought in the opportunity to go to North Wilkesboro and and I think you know for, I would say mile and a half racing has really been the dominant form of racing at NASCAR for a while now and I think it's going to create an opportunity to, to you know go to true authentic three-eighths 
you know, half mile racetracks that will provide great racing. Now, just announced, I don't know if you heard, but no Fontana race next year. Where should they go? Should they come back here for a point thing event? Or maybe Irwindale? I mean, you said short tracks. Uh, in California, yeah, anywhere, I think, I um, well, I, I think Kern or, or Orwindale are, are phenomenal racetracks, uh, but, you know, there's also some really good ones on the East Coast that, that are kind of like Diamond Roughs, you know, they, there's, I'm biased, you know, being from Connecticut, but we have some really good ones there, so um, you never know, but I think, uh, I think it's pretty cool. Ryan Priest, driver of the number 41 car, joins the Front Stretch Podcast. To your left, to my right, this guy's approaching his final year, Kevin Harvick. What has he taught you on and off the track uh, just for you to grow as a person and as a driver? Well, I think, you know, the relationship that that I've been able to, to have with Kevin for the past five years, um, you know, he sponsored my home track and, and that's really what, what started everything. So, um, you know, he, he's been doing this. It, it's funny. I, I still hear stories from when he was younger and, and things that you can relate to as a driver and, and the things that you have to do when you're trying to get to this level. So uh, he's definitely he's somebody that I like to lean on. And, and for his final season, I'm really going to lean on. Now, obviously, you're coming to the Cup Series replacing Cole Custer, even though Custer's still a part of the organization. Is that awkward for you? Is that awkward for him? Because you guys are in the same building, even though he is in the Xfinity Series, you're in the Cup. Is that awkward? I don't I don't see anything awkward. <clears throat> you know, Cole's a great guy, and I haven't... I think it's fine. I mean, it's just... Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to driving this race car expectations playoffs make just wins top fives what are the expectations for this team then just for you personally yeah um my expectations are to win and be consistent that's that's it anything else from there we'll we'll figure it out but we just uh you know me personally what i think we need to do and and i feel like we have the the pieces of the puzzle so to speak we just got to put them together and and go attack that's it We'll see how Ryan Priest attacks this race at the Coliseum later on Sunday. Of the number 41 car, Mr. Ryan Priest. Big thanks to Marissa Fuller as well from True Speed. She has so much for all of us here at Front Stretch, so really, really appreciate it. A guy that I'm also appreciative for, that's my guy, Mike Bachman. And Bachman, um, you're, last year you were helping me behind the scenes, occasional co-host. This year, we promoted you. We elevated you to a new pedestal. You are a new host for a new podcast. It is called Through the Gears. Tell our listeners about it. Why now? And uh, uh, what's, what's, what are you going to be covering, my friend? Yes, sir. I'm very excited to to join the rotation and to have this show every week. Through the Gears will drop every single Friday uh, throughout the NASCAR season. And basically what you're going to get is about 20 minutes of bet analysis uh, from each race we're going to talk stock up stock down on drivers and bring on some of the best in the business in the betting space for motorsports uh to help you win some money this year um gonna be a lot of fun you know the betting space in motorsports i think is still fairly fairly new and still really trying to break in and i think that there is a lot of value here to really bring it to the table especially here at front stretch um so i'm really excited to to have this and to be able to connect with race fans it's gonna be a lot of fun it's gonna be about a 20 minute preview um what you see is what you get and it's gonna be it's gonna be great so uh i'm really really looking forward to it uh we're gonna be talking all things nascar throughout throughout the week and Let's win some money together because that is 
always great. Uh, so I'm really, really excited, appreciative of the opportunity. And like I said, every single Friday that will drop. Uh, but I am super excited, man. It's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a work in progress and uh, really, really excited to see what we could do. Absolutely love it, Bachman. I love it. I'm so happy. I'm so proud of you. And um, I'm ready to kick some serious butt in the podcasting world. Um, diving back into stuff back onto the track rather than off the track. Let's dive into some more stuff about the clash. Um, a little bit of a heads up. Next week, we're going to be previewing the Daytona 500. So no preview this week. Um, and then in two weeks, we'll be recapping the Daytona 500. Bachman is going to be previewing uh, the season on Friday for his podcast. And the next Friday, we'll be previewing the Daytona 500. And then no stock car scoop this upcoming Sunday. We will have a stock car scoop immediately following, though, the Daytona 500. Bachman, let's dive back into stuff that happened at the Clash on this past Sunday been uh, rumblings going on after it was announced on Saturday that Auto Club Speedway, due to the uh, transformation of the new uh, the new half mile from the two mile oval will be not um, done in time for the 2024 season. So they will not be hosting a race. They don't even know if they'll be hosting a race in 2025. So that being said, um, there is no point paying race in Southern California. With that being said, Bachman, there was tons of rumors, speculation on could we see this, this be a points paying race? Before we get your opinion, let's hear from some of the drivers. For Joey Logano, he was the most adamant out of all of them, he said, absolutely not. We cannot do that. Let's take a listen. No, we can't do that. Why not? We cannot do that. <laughs> Why not? You're going to fit 40 cars out there? We can't even make a caution lap without the pace car bumping the last place car. <laughs> no, you can't do that. That'd be dumb. But Michael McDowell also agreed with Joey Logano. However, he just wasn't as vocal about it, but he also agrees. No point paying race. Joey Logano was very adamant that this should not be a points race that replaces <laughs> Auto Club next yeah. year. Do you, what do you think? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you guys saw what it was. I had a great time. I thought it was fun. I hope the fans enjoyed it. It was a good race. Um, but that's not a that's not a typical NASCAR race, right? That's a this is a a cool event, cool opportunity, kind of like the All Star. Put on a good show. Um, you know, running into each other every single corner, it, that's not real racing, but it's fun and it's entertaining and hopefully the fans had a good time, but making it a points race, I'd find that hard to do. Last but not least for Martin Truex Jr., he said, why, he, he, he said, it's such a great event, so why do you want to screw it up? He also was in the no category. No. How are you going to put all the cars out there? How are you going to do pit stops? Yeah, Bristol, you don't have pit stops. It's dirt different i mean I, I don't know how you i don't think we can get 36 cars <laughs> you gonna put 36 cars out there 38 hell yeah i think you do what maybe somebody doesn't think you do i won't i don't make those decisions but i mean in my opinion i don't think it should be but it's such a great event why would you want to screw it up and make it a points race you know what i mean it's like a one-off deal the clash the clash used to you know, in the last, since I've been doing it, it's just kind of got boring, you know, uh, from back in the day when it was just pole winners from last year, then it was, you know, champions. And then it was, you know, everybody that made the playoffs and it just got all these, it just got all weird. Right. And now this is really cool. It's got his own identity, fun race, you know, all the way out here in a, in a cool, you know, 
uh, venue that's got a lot of history. So I don't know. I think it's kind of got a good vibe to it now. Let's not maybe screw that up. And we have enough points races. How many are we going to have? And then for for Noah Gregson, he he doesn't care. It, it's not his, his problem. He he's not. He doesn't have to do anything about it. And he's just wanted to go out and race. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, come out here for an exhibition race and the hype around heat races. You know, it's pretty cool. It's something different that you do. You, the only other feeling you get of like really qualifying makes a difference and then you got a heat race is is kind of like short track racing and and grassroots level racing late model racing legend car racing uh qualifying remind me of snowball derby qualifying and the super late models down in pensacola but yeah you know i i can't really make that decision i don't really have a big voice uh, or opinion on that but I just want to race as much as possible, and I'm very grateful for everybody at Sunseeker and Legacy Motor Club for the opportunity to come out here and race, and I just I want to be behind the wheel as much as possible and learn as much as I can. Bachman, you heard it very, very um, uh, well there. It is a big emphatic no, especially for the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series champion in Joe Logano, that they do not want a points race here. For you personally, could it happen and then should it happen? Well, I'm going to blow your mind with this take. Ready? Oh, okay. I'm waiting. Okay, go for it. I'm ready. No. Oh. Hashtag analysis. Uh, Mic oh. drop. End it. Hot <laughs> take alert. Watch uh, yeah, out, no, Skip but in all seriousness, I mean. Watch out, Stephen A. Here we go. <laughs> in all seriousness, we uh, this should not become a points-paying race. It, this is not – I don't, I honestly don't even think that there is a realistic uh, – there's a realistic – option of be making this a points race i honestly i don't even think it's they can we talk because we talk about we have 27 cars this year um to put upwards of 38 cars on this track come on it's not gonna happen and this is this is an event where i think it has so much potential to be the mainstay clash event you know it is such a for one the facility, like I like I had mentioned before, but again, it's just the atmosphere and and for what the sport brings to a place like the L.A. Coliseum, you know, all the pre-race festivities, the concerts. I mean, the whole the whole thing is is such a smash hit, I think. Um, and I don't I don't want that or see that. I don't see the gain of making it a points paying race because then it just becomes a watered down version of what we have now, in my opinion. And to have for it to get its own particular spot and for it to be this, I mean, I'm going to say it again, this launch party for the season, everybody's excited, you know, the, the, the anticipation of the season and, and for, for, for who's there and, and for, for what you get is, is incredible. And, Yes, you know, it kind of we have the week before the Daytona 500, but still, um, I was amped up. I loved, I loved the idea of it being the clash. Um, because what do you want to do? You want to go back to Daytona? You want to go back to Daytona? Everybody's complaining about how empty the stands were this weekend. Go back and watch a couple of clashes from from previous years at the at the at Daytona, and then come and talk. Okay, like I don't get that. Um, and I just think for for its purpose of bringing in new fans, of having this party-esque atmosphere where everybody's having fun, everybody's enjoying themselves, you know, the drivers are, are putting on a show, um, why would you want to tamper with that? So 
I am an emphatic no as well. And I hope the drivers remain vocal about it um, because it's just going to get watered down. It's so much fun. It's so exciting. It's different. Uh, it brings so much to the table that you don't get on a regular basis in the regular season. So I'm an emphatic no. It should not happen. And damn well, I hope it doesn't happen. I think there's only one one way, Bachman, and it would be make it like 250 laps, but the caution flags do count. That So we would have laps just tick, 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 tick. But you also could have like an actual because 150 laps, it will go by just like that. If you're putting the caution flags down, make it like 250. But then even then, um, it's still going to be it's still going to be a little gimmicky. So with that being said, where what should they do? I mean, there's two tracks in Southern California, Kern and then Irwindale. Irwindale is about 20 miles away from L.A., about 30 minutes. Um, Kern's about an hour and 30. It's even more. Um, but do you see them going there? Do you see them just going back to the class? Because this is in terms of the numbers, Bachman, this is the second biggest market for NASCAR with over 20 million people. So they have to be here. They have to be in the California, Southern California market. So what do they do? Yeah. And that's a big question. Um, you know, those couple of tracks that you mentioned are certainly, certainly options. I think the biggest question is if they could hold a NASCAR sanctioned event, um, you know, but you're right. It is the second biggest market in the country and it is one that NASCAR needs their presence at. Uh, but it's a catch 22. You got, you got auto club speedway. That's going under renovation. Um, you know, there, there might be, we might have no race in Southern California, uh, you know, for, for two years. Um, is that necessarily the, is that necessarily going to kill the sport? Um, are going to be such a detrimental factor that's going to hurt the sport so much in the long run. I mean, I really don't think it is. <laughs> I, you know, I, I get the whole idea of of running there, and and like you said, it should. But if Auto Club Speedway is going to happen, and they're going to renovate this place, they're going to make it what they want to make it, and we are for sure going to be running there. Um, I don't know, man. I just don't know if it's worth kind of bending over backwards to try and make something out of nothing where they can kind of do it in a much more fluid way. Now, what that way is, I honestly don't know. Um, but I feel like there has to be, uh, there has to be some sort of compromise elsewhere to where, you know, the sport can just kind of fill that hole. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not entirely, I'm not entirely concerned with not having a race down there for a year or two, I'm really not um, because for what we're going to get and the potential of that, I think will the return on investment will be huge. Um, and I, and again, man, like I just, the, the, the LA Coliseum is not a conducive facility to run a points paying NASCAR race. It just isn't. I think it's unrealistic. Um, so to answer your question, I really don't know. Um, I don't know enough about those two tracks that you mentioned personally to have a solid opinion on the matter. But again, I stand by my statement of saying that, yes, L.A. NASCAR has to have its presence there. But unfortunately, it's kind of a tough situation right now because the one track that we go to is getting renovated. And it's been now a couple year long, lengthy process of even trying to get there to start. So whether they decide that they want to fill that elsewhere or, um, you know, implement an, I don't know, implement an off weekend or something like that. I don't know. Um, but 
I don't think it's the worst thing if it's just going to be a couple year thing. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we can, they can even move Vegas up to Fontana's spot, Phoenix up to Vegas' spot, and then have an off week after that. So, I mean, even if, if people think that the off season or the off week is just too early in the season, I mean, they could do that as well. So there's tons of options that people could do. Um, we're just going to have to wait and see. But, Bachman, let's dive on in to uh, the checkered flag for some, uh, for some final thoughts and wrap it up. Checkered flag, here I come. Final thoughts, wrapping it up here. Anything you want to rant, rave, or anything in between? A boxing? Floor is yours, my friend. Take it away. All right. Well, I'm going to do a little preview here okay. of the first little episode of Through the Gears coming this weekend and just give you somebody that I think is going to make a hell of a lot of noise in 2023. And we kind of saw that a little bit this weekend at the Clash. was very high on this driver. Um, and I think what he showed us here in L.A., is going to prove that he is going to be guns blazing on a mission to get back to his best. And that guy is Kyle Busch. And you know him all very well. Kyle Busch, uh, I could just tell his demeanor, being at RCR, this fresh start is huge for him. And I don't understand why everybody's right, why everybody wrote him off last year, why everybody's writing him off, saying that he's 37 years old and he's old now and he's not going to get his back. Like, be quiet. Uh, Take a step back, okay? Kyle Busch is still top top five, arguably top three in the Cup Series in terms of talent. Multi-time champion. The only – well, actually not only. Joey Logano, welcome to the club. Um, but still, Kyle Busch and with, with what the gains that RCR made last year with Tyler Reddick and even Austin Dillon for that matter and the potential Kyle Busch could have with Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon looked great this weekend. I don't think anybody was expecting that. Um, but for Kyle Busch, he's hungry, man. And when KFB is driving with motivation, he's at his best. 2007, leaves Hendrick to go to JGR, eight wins that season. 2015, breaks his leg at Daytona in the Xfinity Series, wins the championship. Kyle Busch is at his best when he thrives under motivation. And the fallout with Joe Gibbs Racing and the now – Coming to RCR with this fresh start with a team that has a lot of upside that is on the upswing and a team that, let's remember now, a lot of resource in developing the next gen car, I think has a leg up of a lot of other teams that were sort of behind the eight ball. And finally, if you take a look at the numbers of last year, Kyle Busch posted a better average finish on every track outside of the road courses and those quote-unquote other tracks, the two-milers that aren't the super speedways, than Tyler Reddick did. So I know Kyle Busch had an off year last year, and it was tough to finish races. But this has been a couple-year swing for the driver. It's not all last year. So watch out. Kyle Busch is coming, and I will di- I'll dive into more analysis on my show on Friday and, and really tell you why. Um, but he's my guy. And we got a precursor to the clash this this weekend, getting podium finish. Both RCR drivers on there with MTJ. Kyle Busch is coming, and don't be so quick to write him off because he's gonna do he's gonna do a lot this year. He's gonna do a lot this year. For for the twenty twenty three clash, sure there was there was a lot of wrecks, there was a lot of uh, just spins and, and just beating and banging. 
However, that's what short track racing is. And for 2024, I think it should come back. I mean, there sure it wasn't as packed as it was. Sure, the ratings weren't as um as high as they were last year, but they still had a great crowd. They still had some very solid ratings. Um, and the racing was fantastic. The racing was even better than what it was. Sure, there are 16 cautions instead of five, but you know what? If the racing is better, then I'll take caution flat. I'll take cautions any day. I mean, what we want to see is short track Saturday night racing. And even though it was on a Sunday night, it was still fantastic. And when it was all said and done, Martin Truex Jr. had the best car at the end of the night and got the job done. We saw comers and goers from Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr., Ryan Priest, Bubba Wallace, um, Kyle Busch. I mean, he came from all the way at the very back up to the front. And when it was all said and done, his former teammate, Truex, got the job done. With that being said, should it move somewhere? I probably should. There's not really many tracks you could race um, in the start of February without it being freezing cold other than the West Coast. I think you should stay here for at least one more year, see what happens, see how the crowd is, see how the ratings are, and then we can go from there. Once again, Mr. Mike Bachman, I always appreciate you, my brother. Uh, last but not least, you can follow Mr. Bachman on the Twitter. And Mr. Bachman, what um, what are you going to be talking about very, very fast on Through the Gears um, on Friday, my friend? Yes, sir. So we're going to be doing a little bit of a season preview. I'll give you my playoff picks. I'll give you drivers uh, that I think are going to be up there running for championships, a little bit of value plays as well. Once we get into the season, we'll be talking head to heads. Uh, like I said, be bringing on guests best in the business. That'll help you out with uh, with working through your bets and hopefully winning some money together, ladies and gentlemen. So um, again, Friday, every Friday, kicking off here on the 10th. Really excited to to get to talk with these guys and to be able to do this, um, you know, so I'm excited, man. But we're going to be doing a season preview, uh, just kind of some basic uh, looking at looking at some things and and getting into the 500 uh, the following week. So be there, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a lot of fun. Social media manager, podcast host of Through the Gears for Front Stretch, Mr. Mike Bachman at M.V. Bachman, B-A-C-H-M-M-A. In, in if I can actually uh, talk. I mean, come on, come on, Brian. Let's be better. Uh, with that being said, at the Brianal at Front Stretch and then at youtube.com slash Front Stretch, we got so much great content from the clash. Got to interview the Heisman Trophy winner and Caleb Williams, star quarterback for USC. Got to, got to uh, interview Chuck Liddell. Amazing guest. We got our, he, uh, Bachman got a great interview with Corey LaJoy. Fantastic uh, interview there. So highly check it out. Next week, we got a great guest. I uh, can't announce it just yet. We're finalizing some details, but it's going to be fun. Um, and then we're going to be previewing the greatest race, the greatest spectacle of them all, that being the Daytona 500. Big thanks to Ryan Priest. Big thanks to everybody for the program. Our, our, our assistant, Mr. Chris Scala. Big thanks to him as well. Uh, for Adam Cheek, Mike Bachman, and everybody associated with the podcast department and Jack Swans. I can't forget about him. I'm Brian Nolan. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk with you next week. Preview Daytona 500.